Hello everyone and welcome to the final keys to the text. I'm so glad that you've been with me all this time if you've been following along and uh, this is session 51 and it's the last session. I know there's 52 weeks in a year uh, but the last week you take that time to reflect on what you have learned throughout the whole year. So we will be looking at chapter 31 section 3 through section 8 today and I'll be doing it a little briefly today as we continue and and complete this uh, reading of the text and hopefully uh, you have gained a lot and as we uh, as we get to this end you'll see that it still continues to repeat over and over again and I've told you that over the time that we've been doing this uh, and as you know it's been uh, recorded over a few years uh some a, lot, a good chunk of them were com completed in a year and then i lost some of the videos and so i've had to make up some of those videos and uh it's good to finally be done and to be honest i had recorded it the other day and the audio <laughs> did not turn on so you have that those are the lessons that we have right that are repeated once again and we'll see that in our reading uh, today. So let's take a moment just to kind of be with the Holy Spirit and invoking his wisdom and his peace and his guidance as we go forth. Inspire us, Holy Spirit, so that we may know the truth of who God is and of who we really are. Okay, let's dive into this last piece here. So our first section is section three, the self-accused. So in this section, he's talking about, well, only the self-accused condemn, right? We want to blame everything outside of us. Uh, he says, well, you don't hate your brother for his sins. It's really your own. So this is all, this whole section is about projection and how we continue to project outside of ourselves instead of realizing what's going on within our own being and that which we for not forgive outside is what we're not forgiving about ourselves and so we focus on and when we are in standing in judgment or unforgiveness it's because we are basing it on the body what the body has done right so he says don't hold anyone prisoner here Right? This is something that we have to, to learn. The mind that thinks it is a sin has but one purpose, that the body be the source of sin and to keep it in the prison house it chose and guards and holds itself at bay, snarling dogs, etc., etc. And you'll see that as you read this. It's all about the projection. Stop projecting. Realize what's going on within your mind. Acknowledge it. Accept it. Forgive. Bottom line, folks, bottom line. So at the very end, he's saying, release your body from imprisonment and you will see no one is prisoner to what you have escaped. So you don't want to focus on the illusion of the body for yourself or for anyone else. You will not want to hold and guilt your chosen enemies, nor keep in chains to the illusion of changing love. Right? The innocent release and gratitude for their release. So we release so everyone can be released together, right? It's all 
Giving and receiving is one. And he says, open your mind to change, right? There will be no ancient penalty exacted from your brother or yourself. Meaning, there's not going to be a punishment just because we had the tiny mad idea that we wanted specialness. We will not be punished. God loves us so very much. And that's, that's it, really. That's it. So accept it. Love yourself. Love your brother. Love us all as one. So our next section is the real alternative. And that's on page 653. So he says there's a tendency to think the world can offer consolation and escape from problems that its purpose is to keep. So we think that here the world is going to save us in some way, shape, or form. It's like you can't escape your problems here in the world. Nothing in the world is going to solve your problems. It may seem like a temporary solution, but it's never going to solve your problems. And that's the bottom line. Perhaps you would prefer to try them all. Keep trying them. Keep trying all those different options. Before you really learn, they are but one. The roads this world can offer seem to be quite large in number, but the time must come when everyone begins to see how like they are to one another. Why would you want to keep searching outside yourself? Another road, another person, another place, another organization, another spiritual teacher, another whatever, right? Seek not another signpost in the world that seems to point to still another road. It's like cut out the middleman and go right to the source of where the healing is, right? Happiness will never be found here. And that's what this is all saying in this section too is that stop focusing on the world, finding it out there, finding love, finding happiness out there, but focus on what is within you. God hasn't left us, and we are no further than his thoughts. We are part of his thoughts. We are his thoughts. That's how he extended himself to us. And no matter what way we go, we're not going to be judged by it, so we take an, an offshoot path. So what? We all lead to him in the end we're still heading home no matter what there is no path that does not lead to him is what it says here okay certainly be sure to read it for yourself take notes what does it say to you how does it speak to you right so our next section is five self-concept versus self well this is where we start to see that face of innocence, right? That we put to the world that, oh, all this harm comes to me. It's because of somebody else. Somebody else has caused this pain for me. And it's not me. Look at me. I'm so perfect. Oh, I'm just an innocent bystander to all of this. Bullcrap. <laughs> it's, it's our own mind that's doing that. Beneath the face of innocence, there is a lesson that the concept of the self was made to teach. It is a lesson in terrible displacement and fear so devastating that the face that smiles above it must forever look away. So what does the lesson teach us? It teaches us this. I am the thing you made of me, and as you look on me, you stand condemned because of what I am. So this self, this ego self that was made, right, it's hiding from God. 
right? That's why we made the world is that we're hiding from God and that's where the punishment's going to be. But, but we're the innocent one. And that's where it keeps going back to that. They're, oh, you didn't do anything wrong. Everyone's out to get you, right? The whole paranoia. <laughs> that's really what the ego is, is the paranoia of that. So the Holy Spirit finds a way to help us to see the concept of the self must be undone. And when the concept of the self is undone, well, that's when peace comes to us. When we're willing to let that go, willing to let go of those ideas that we had of the concept of self, right? So we can see the true self and what that is, right? And the thing is, is that it is a process. And the Holy Spirit does not wish us to be terrified at all. So that's why we progress however quickly or slowly as it might be. And don't judge yourself in that. You'll get there. Don't worry about it. Because if we were to know it all immediately, right, uh, we would be so terrified, literally terrified. And he doesn't drag us, like I used to say, uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't drag us uh, kicking and screaming into awakening. It's not the way it's done. Right, he says, the Holy Spirit does not seek to throw you into panic. He merely asks if just a little question might be raised. So it's like, hmm, how do you think you could think about this? And that's really what he says, right? He, he's our therapist, right? He, he's not going to uh, tell us that we're, we're totally off our rocker. He's just going to say, well, just think about it. Just think about what's, what you're doing. What do you think about this? And as soon as we start to open up a little bit more, well, then he'll keep asking us. And we open more and more. And if you've noticed with your study of the course, no matter if you just started or you, you've been doing it for years, is that more and more you open up to what the truth is. And that's where you find the peace. You know, and you are not this body, the symbol, right? And he says, and you... Um, I'm going to look in 16 here. You will make many concepts of the self as learning goes along. Each one will show the changes in your own relationships as your perception of yourself has changed. There will be some confusion every time there is a shift, but be you thankful that the learning of the world is loosening its grasp upon your mind and be you sure and happy in the confidence that it will go at last and leave your mind at peace. And so it just continues. The more you open up, oh, more peace. More peace is coming in. I think I'll open up a little bit more. Just the petals of a flower, right? Keep opening up. And that's what's so important. And the Holy Spirit teaches us this. And so at the very end of this section, there's this lovely um, two to three sentence or three lines in italics. And it says, I do not know the thing I am. Right? And therefore do not know what I am doing where I am or how to look upon the world or on myself. Right there. That is what the ego and the world is afraid for you to do, is to say, I don't know who I am. I don't know what this is. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know anything. And because we've opened up that question, we've opened up the crack, the light starts coming through, really. And so, remembering, you're, you're reading this for yourself, taking notes, journaling, being with it, right? 
These are just my thoughts that are coming through. So our next section is six, recognizing the spirit. You see the flesh or you recognize spirit is what he starts us off with. And so if we're focusing on the flesh, which is the body, we're focused on the illusion. We're not focused on what is true, that beautiful essence that you really are. But when we focus on the spirit, that's where we're going to see that essence. We're going to experience that essence. Uh, it's going to bless us with holy sight in that. And so that's what we want. And the salvation then is the undoing of this, of focus on the body, to focus on what is real, right? Salvation doesn't ask that you behold the spirit and perceive the body not. It just says, okay, I can see beyond this, right? I can see beyond this. So as we keep looking at this, you who believe that you can choose to see the Son of God as you would have him be, forget not that no concept of yourself will stand against the truth of what you are. So whatever concept that you may have, your, uh, your personality, your ID card, <laughs> whatever it is, that's not you. You want to keep the focus off of that. I mean, obviously. We're here in the world. So you still walk the world. You still do the things you need to do in the world. Yeah, you're still going to go get your driver's license. But you're going to know that you are more than what it says on that ID card, right? You're going to know that you're so much more. And that's, are you going to forgive? Are you going to focus on the body? Are you going to sit still with spirit so you can listen and, and receive, receive those messages of the truth? And that is what abides really within us. The truth, the love, the peace, heaven, for goodness sake is who we really are and that's what we want and why keep searching outside back to those other chapters right so at the very end of this section he says your will be done you holy child of god it does not matter if you think you are in earth or heaven as i said wherever you're walking it's okay what your father wills of you can never change the truth in you remains as radiant as a star as pure as light as innocent as love itself and you were worthy that your will be done. So even if we are still walking this world, and we are, right? We don't remember this all the time. We're going to forget. We're going to get angry. We're going to get sad, etc. But then we're going to remember. And we're going to see this world a little bit differently as we're walking the world. And that's all he asks, is make that shift, make that miracle. So as we look at our next section, second to the last section, the Savior's vision. The Savior, well, your brother is your Savior, right? He's the one that's going to help you to realize the wholeness. Because right now you've been condemning your brother, whoever that may be. And so now you're going to recognize the truth in them so that you can be made as one. So you can be healed, right? So in this section, it's looking at the concept of self still, the bad, the good, the guilty, the innocent, and such. So you want to see your savior, that other person, whoever it may be, as more than a body to you. 
And yeah, you're living in this world. Yeah, they probably have done things that have hurt you and upset you. But they're your key home because you need them to go home. So have faith, he says, in him who walks with you so that your fearful concept of yourself may change and look upon the good in him. And if you remember back in the workbook lessons, right, like lesson uh, 121, forgiveness is the key to happiness, where you see that light within that person, that everyone has that spark of light, the spark of God within us. And so let's focus on that spark that's there within him and, and, and don't focus on that concept that you have made of this person based on what you're seeing as false, that fear. Right? Don't look at each other with fear. Now, yes, in the world, you got to do things. Got to keep yourself, you know, safe in the world. Yeah, you're not going to put yourself into a dangerous situation. But you can do that with love. And that's the whole thing. That's the whole key is that we do all things with love. We think all things with love. So basically, do you want to stay in hell or do you want heaven? If you want heaven, be vigilant then against the temptation to think otherwise, right? Remembering the truth. Ask the Holy Spirit's help. Ask Jesus' help. This is our classroom. This classroom is here to assist us in remembering the truth and remembering forgiveness and, and continuing. To forgive is to overlook. That means what happened in... The world is not what happened in truth. Nothing has occurred that damaged you or hurt you or changed who you are, God's son, in any way. You do what you need to do here. You forgive. Sometimes you do make amends with this person. Sometimes you don't. And it's okay. But where does it take place? It takes place in the mind. Right? You still have, even if you're not seeing this person ever again, you still have to do the work in your mind and seeing them and blessing them and seeing their holiness, seeing your holiness, and knowing that even though you cannot be physically together, that you are still one in Christ. Right? You are still one. So our last section, our very last section, eight choose once again so temptation has one lesson it would teach in all its forms wherever it occurs it would persuade the holy son of god he is a body that's it that there's limits set on us no he says no choose once again if you would take your place among the saviors of the world and would remain in hell and hold your brothers there he has come and he is asking you this Right. So how do you make the choice? Well, you realize, as he says in paragraph three, the trials are but lessons that you failed to learn presented once again. So where you made a faulty choice before that now you can make a better one and thus escape all pain that what you chose before has brought to you in every difficulty, all distress and each perplexity Christ calls to you. And he gently says, my brother, choose again. He's not going to leave one source of pain unhealed, nor any image left to veil the truth. He would remove all misery from you whom God created, alter unto joy. That's it. He's not going to leave you comfortless. You always have the ability to choose again. Always. 
It doesn't matter if it's been five minutes, five years, 50 years. You can always choose again the path of love, right? You can always choose love and everything will collapse. That's the whole time collapse that it unravels and rolls up like a carpet. It's because you now chose love. That's the difference. So Jesus is happy to be with us. He's happy to be our elder brother who is helping us on the way home. And, he, and at the very end here, he's extolling such gratitude for us that we can do this. I give thanks to them, Father. Um, my hand is outstretched to every brother who would join with me. And so that's Jesus. He's saying, come on. Come on, come on along with me. Choose once again. Choose the miracle. Choose love. Choose God. Right? And then the very last paragraph says, And now we say amen. For Christ has come to dwell in the abode you set for him before time was and call him eternity. The journey closes, ending at the place where it began. No trace of it remains. Not one illusion is accorded faith. And not one spot of darkness still remains to hide the face of Christ from anyone. Thy will is done, complete and perfectly, and all creation recognizes you and knows you as the only source it has. Clear in your likeness does the light shine forth from everything that lives and moves in you. For we have reached where all of us are one, and we are home, where you would have us and that concludes the end of our text, right? There you go. You've done it. You've done it along with me for these 51 sessions that you've read, I hope, for yourself, that you've taken the time to read for yourself, to take notes, and to reflect. I mean, this was just a quick teaching today. But be sure that you're reflecting on this and how you can use it in your life when he talks about that brother as a savior, who is that for you? And what can you do about it? So really take this to heart. And then, as I said, you know, this is 51 sessions, 52. I've always instructed my students to take that week to really think about it. Think about what you have learned by the consistent study of the text. What has it done for you? Now, certainly from this point forward, you can study the text again. You can do the workbook. You can do the manual for teachers. You can do the supplements. It doesn't matter. What are you called to do? Follow that guidance. So I thank you for joining with me on this journey. And be sure to see our website, www.miraclesone.org, for all the resources, free Course of Miracles resources that we have available to you. Uh, join our study groups, join our classes, join our retreats, workshops, whatever it is that we have to offer. It's to help you to practically apply A Course of Miracles in your daily life. That's what's so important. So once again, thank you. And as always, I wish you peace. Namaste.